0: I'm Maggie John, and this is Context Beyond the Headlines, a place for conversations with newsmakers, culture shapers, and peacekeepers, where we explore the intersection between faith, justice, ethics, and society.
1: Depression affects you if you have faith, if you don't have faith, high class, high class, low class, no class, it it, it it doesn't seek out a certain tax bracket. Mm-hmm. Now, as it relates to people of faith, I will say I've been doing a lot more discussions in the church about mental health, which I'm so grateful for that we're having the conversation. You know, we've seen a few pastors who've died by suicide. We've had pastors' children in the news for dying by suicide. And so it lets you know that it, it seeks who it may. Um, and so I'm glad that it, we're kind of, uh, maybe the church is ashamed to kind of pull that rug back. Because when you pull back a rug, if you haven't been vacuuming under it, not just on top of it, it's kind of dirty. It's mm-hmm. kind of filthy and dusty. Is it old nickels and ketchup and salt packets probably under there? It's probably Fido's fur from 10 years ago and he has been dead 10 years. It's just all kind of stupid yeah, under there that you kind of got to clean up, sweep out and um, restore it, you know, make new again.
0: According to the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, in any given year, one in five Canadians experiences a mental illness or addiction problem. And by the time Canadians reach 40 years of age, one in two have or have had a mental illness. And mental health affects us all, even if you're part of one of the biggest singing groups in the world, like our guest today, singer, actress, and author Michelle Williams. You know her from the hit girl group Destiny's Child, But some might not know that Michelle has struggled with depression since she was in seventh grade. We discuss it all, from the day she admitted herself into a treatment center, who on the Destiny's Child team shrugged off her cry out for help, and the advice that almost had me fall off my chair. Here is my conversation with Michelle Williams. I have so appreciated your book, Checking In, get uh, How Getting Real About Depression Saved My Life and Can Save Yours. You start off your book describing yourself swimming in a sea of darkness and at one point planning your entire funeral. Explain to me the state of mind that you were in, Michelle.
1: You know what? Um, for me, I was so, I was just hopeless and I was just so sad. I was ashamed of being in that pit again. And I was just like, if I can just disappear and just go Mm -hmm. everything, you know, I, I, I guess I'll be better off. I was also playing, let's make a deal with God saying, you know, God, I've had a great life. What more am I to to see and do? Mm -hmm. And I was, I was like any day now, however I want to go, I'm going, which is, is, was, which. I just wasn't a good place to be in. Yeah. And, you
0: know, I think about your life, Michelle. There's so many people, you probably hear this a lot, so many people who would love your life. And so to hear, and I I think that's why I really appreciated your book, because I think it shows that everybody goes through challenges and your honesty about the challenges that you've gone through. You, You know, you talk about the importance of checking in. And it's the title of your book you grew up in the church and you say you have to check in with first god check in with yourself and check in with others why did you stop you think
1: you know life sometimes you get on autopilot you kind of find your system and you feel like that's working but you still got to do the work that you were doing for life to be working in the way that it was working. You just don't stop. So now I think for the past three years, I've built a system of behaviors and responses and um, ways to um, reflect so that I don't get in that space again. But I want to pivot back to something you said earlier when you say, uh, Michelle, I look at the life you've had. And I just want to... Uh, let people know my depression started in the seventh grade. So it just didn't happen because I became a public figure or anything. Although sometimes when people become that, that can be a form of trauma and people respond differently. But I don't want anyone to think that for me that it started in music because yeah. music really is, one of, is can, was one of my saving graces here. So it followed me in from the seventh grade and I got an official diagnosis in my 30s. So I carried it a very long, long time.
0: Yeah. No, thanks for that clarification. And I I do have some questions coming up.
1: No, and I didn't want to seem like I was trying to correct you, but I just wanted people to know as well, like, you know, um, how young it can start. Mm -hmm. And we don't know because we don't know. And like I said, I didn't get a diagnosis until I was in my 30s. And so I had to, I've even had to unlearn how I've coped as well.
0: Yeah, I think, yes, ended- ma'am. And I think that's so important, Michelle, you know, as you talk about just even listening to your own body, right? And 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 allowing, as you talk about checking in, to allow outer sources that you trust, who, uh, you know, and you make very clear who are in tune with God, who can then speak into that, who are given permission to speak into that. I think that's so important. Mm-hmm. What I found fascinating about your story too, Michelle, is that Michelle is not your first name. Tanitra <laughs> is your first name. And you allude that with the... The change of your name, you seem to have lost a part of yourself.
1: Yeah, you, you kind of lose some identity and I didn't quite have shaping or even know how to cope with that because when I got into Destiny's Child, Destiny's Child was a moving train already. So I didn't have time to, well, how is, how is this going to affect me? How is it going to affect my family? You know, but I learned along the way that to me, by going by Michelle, which is my middle name, so it's still a part of me, but it just took some getting used to. There were moments when uh, I think it was on the set of Say My Name. Miss Tina loves to tell this story at times. Um, she would They would say, Michelle, Michelle. And it took me a few listens to be like, oh, they're talking to me because I'm so used to T or Tanitra. So that is a funny story, but I will say that it gave my family a piece of something to hold on to. So when I come home to them, to my mama, to this day, I'm still Tanitra. I still got to go get cornbread mixed if she's run out of it. I still have to go pick up the kids from school when I'm home. So, you know, uh, to be Tanitra to my family, but I will say to the world, I've been more confident in giving you Tanitra.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Did you have to grow into that to, to get to that point where you feel more confident to give us a little
1: bit of tunitra? I had to grow into that it's okay. All my quirkiness, all the parts of me that aren't quite polished and, you know, I've I've had some media training, but like I said, coming when I got into the group, it was, come on girl, let's go. You know, so I've been learning some things along the way but there are some things that I tucked because I wanted to fit in. I wanted to, to make Beyonce and Kelly uh, happy that they chose me. So I was like, okay, we'll get in, you're a teen. It's not about me. And uh, But the past 10 years, it's like, no, own who you are, settle into who you are. And can we all grow in areas? Mm. Absolutely. So I'm just trying to remain in a state of gratitude and a state of humility. That allows me to say, okay, I don't know everything. I'm still growing.
0: Yeah. We're we're the same age, and I think that comes with entering into your Is that what happens?
1: I think so. That's what happens. Maturity.
0: Right. You just you settle in, you realize this is who I am, and you get what you get. You
1: know gosh darn it, you (laughs) took away. I thought I I thought I had some amazing deep Aha moment! And you said it just comes along with being forty.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love. I love being being able to sit in my forties and just be happy with where God has placed me and the place that He has brought me from. So you me you, too. you, you me allude too. to it, uh, Michelle, early on about the first time you realized something was different. Uh, from you and your friends, was in junior high. You know, talk to me about what you were sensing early on in grade seven that made you think Mm. there's something there.
1: Um, As far as uh, me dealing with depression? Yeah, yeah. um, Fatigue, wanting to sleep. My grades dropped significantly. Um, Isolation began. Mm. um, And just not wanting to do much. And, you know, I thought it was a part of growing up. I thought maybe this is, I'm in puberty. Maybe I'm kind of, this is what being a woman is. This is what being a teenager is. I I didn't know, I didn't have language for it. I don't even think in the seventh grade, I even had the word depression in my word bank. I I just didn't, or I just felt like depression had a look. You know, or I felt that people that go to therapy have something significantly wrong with them. And it's not that you have to have something wrong with you. People go to therapy just to process transition, process trauma, process pain, process um, changes, you know, and it's and it's okay. It doesn't mean something is wrong with you.
0: And, and you know the stigma around that again you grew mm-hmm. up in the church and there is mm-hmm. stigma that comes we're, we're talking about that later on in the show as well how does how does the shirt the church shake off the stigma that mm-hmm. comes with mental uh mental health how do we just have mm-hmm. this conversation because mental health affects all of us it's not just oh if you know if you fall into t- depression or anxiety all of a sudden oh there's a mental health change no mental health affects all of us so how do we shake off some of that stigma Mm -hmm. as a church
1: well depression has no name depression affects you if you have faith if you don't have faith high class high class low class no class it 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 doesn't seek out a certain tax bracket Mm -hmm. now as it relates to people of faith I will say I've been doing a lot more discussions in the church about mental health, which I'm so grateful for that we're having the conversation. You know, we've seen a few pastors who've died by suicide. We've had pastors' children in the news for dying by suicide. And so it lets you know that it it seeks who it may. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm glad that we're kind of, uh, maybe the church is ashamed to kind of pull that rug back Because when you pull back a rug, if you haven't been vacuuming under it, not just on top of it, it's kind of dirty. It's Mm kind of filthy and dusty. Is it old nickels and ketchup and salt packets probably under there? It's probably Fido's fur from 10 years ago and he been dead 10 years. (laughs) It's just all kind of stuff under there that you kind of got to clean up, sweep out and um, restore it you know, make new again. Yeah.
0: But do you think that's why you didn't identify early on is because maybe people in your circles just, and your family just Mm -hmm. weren't talking about it then,
1: like we are now? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely, because church was my community. So you go to church and you can hear all types of conversations. You've got the women's group, you've got the youth group, you got the men's group, you have the deacons, the elders. Even the toddlers have children's church. Mm -hmm. So there's different communities within the church, but unless you were maybe having a one-on-one counseling session with a pastor or one of the minister staff, you didn't hear it talked about openly in the sanctuary. You didn't hear it talked about at a potluck at church. You you just, and if you did, um, shame was attached to it. It, it, you heard things like, well, if she wasn't dating so and so, she wouldn't be in the mess she's in. Or if he if he didn't quit the church and if he had faith and prayed more, you know, he wouldn't be down and out. You know, we attach depression to what somebody's not doing or what they're lacking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. We we really have to focus on the things that we attach to people instead of looking deeper and into what the situation is and just asking people how they're doing. Just simply, how are you doing and allowing that permission and that space for that person to be honest.
1: You know what I found? Well, is it's just, the checking in. Yeah. Checking in yeah. with somebody. You know, how many times do we text somebody during the pandemic and say, just checking in. You you're still all right? You OK? Checking in. Yeah. You know, and I found that to be a common phrase that we've all used. We still use. Yeah. You
0: mentioned in your book in your 20s, while you were part of Destiny's Child, you told someone on the management team that you might mm-hmm. be depressed and that cry for help
1: went unanswered. How did that make you feel? You know, when um, we've talked about it since and it was my manager, Mm. um, it was Destiny's Child's manager at the time, Matthew Knowles. And we've since talked about it. And he said it was about two or three years ago. We talked about it. And he said, Michelle, had I known then what I know now, what we all know? He said, my answer would have been different. Mm. I think. So basically what he said was, no, Michelle, you can't be depressed. Y'all got Barbie dolls. Y'all just signed a multi-million dollar deal. You are about to go on tour. And from his perspective, he wanted me to see the great things that's going on with my life. And I think that's what we've done in the past. We see the great things going on in someone's life. And we tell them, you have nothing to be sad about. Look at all this stuff, you know, that you got going on. And so, Depression just isn't a surface sadness that can be wiped away with an award mm. or something temporary. Depression can be sometimes deep rooted pain that's gone on process. It can be a now it can be a pain that just happened yesterday. Could have lost your father, your job, a loved one. The pandemic it brought a lot of loss to people without any warning, right? So that pain, that trauma from the loss is so deep rooted that the Mattel Barbie doll didn't wave it away. Mm. It did make me, however, say, oh, my gosh, we got Barbie dolls. I used to go to the toy store and want to get these Barbie dolls we couldn't afford. So I get what Matthew was trying to say. Mm. And I didn't fault him for it. And so, but like I said, like we've all said, had we known then what we know now about depression and other mental health issues, a lot of more lives probably would have been saved a long time ago. Yeah. You mm-hmm. you also share that a part of pushing that depression aside
0: was just staying busy. You were so busy that you couldn't really focus on what was going inside internally and I think you know not all of us are superstars like you Michelle but I think many people who are watching the show could probably identify with that Mm -hmm. if through their own journeys with depression or anxiety or mental health that yeah if I just stay busy I don't have to focus on what's really going on
1: inside. Yes you know And we, a friend of mine um, not too long ago suffered a tragic loss in their family. And he, I I literally heard him say, I'm just gonna fill my schedule up with work. That's the only way I I can get through this. So we all do, either we fill the schedule up with work or we fill it with other ways to cope, alcohol, relationships, gambling, shopping whatever it is, however we cope, that's what we do. Now I will say though, touring with Beyonce and Kelly, they somehow were lifesavers, like, so that I I didn't go into some pit back then or, and they still have been lifesavers, just their love and support and encouragement and them to tell me Michelle, girl, now you know you could have told us this a long time ago, but sometimes we don't want to share because we don't want to be uh, a Debbie Downer. We don't, you know. Here, I I was thinking well, y'all are married with kids. I don't want to be the one coming bringing bad news, so I just want to come with be light. And anything that I share with my friends, I wanted it to be life giving. I wanted to be joyful versus y'all. I think I'm depressed, mm. you know, but Anybody that you say you call a friend or sister, they know they can come to me. I know I can go to them. Yeah. So prayerfully, everybody watching us on this interview, you have somebody that you know you can bear all. You can take your lashes off. (laughs) You can take men, take your toupee off, be musty, be whatever and say, I'm really not okay. Yeah. Like, we gotta have that small tribe of people, you know, and check in and see who's up, check in to see who that tribe is gonna be. Yeah. Cause you're gonna need it one day. Yeah. That lifeline, you know, that lifeline.
0: Michelle, one thing that I found surprising is that, you know, amongst all of the, again, the stardom and also wrestling with depression, that you, you were struggling with your self-worth. You know, you were facing Mm -hmm. criticism from people and you felt like you weren't enough. And that was slowly Mm -hmm. sneaking in. How did that also just play a role in how you you looked at yourself, probably in the mirror, and how you saw yourself?
1: Mm -hmm. You, you can read or hear one too many things. You know, I, people say words don't hurt. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words don't hurt. Eh, yeah, I, 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 I get it. <laughs> but if you've had a word spoken over you, a negative word by someone you love or even trust, that hurts. I don't care what you say. A stranger, maybe not so much, unless what a stranger says rings true and it stings a little bit. But when someone that you love, trust, betrays, or just just says something out of their anger, it hurts. Yeah. You know, if you, if you, you know, you can um, say things to your children and they're going to take it as truth because it came from you. So if you say it, that must mean it's true. If a mentor says it, that must mean it's true. If you say something good or bad, but I had to come into agreement with what love is, Mm. who I believe love to be. God is love. And if it's contrary to what love is, Then I don't take it as truth anymore. Mm, Yeah, I I didn't do that all the time. It's taken some practice for me to say, "Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that." Do I need to do some lunges? Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) But anything else you say, I don't agree with. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love. I don't agree. I love that.
0: I love what you just said. To be say say that again, Michelle. Say say that again because I
1: think that needs to resonate with people. You got to know what love is. Love is patience. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It's not boastful. It does not seek. It it does not hold um, hold your past against you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seek out wrong. And it's not nitpicking. So we know that to be scripture. Mm -hmm. So what I do with that is I replace my name with love. Yes. Michelle yeah. is love. Have you been loving today? Have you been patient today? Have you been kind today? We all not, we're, we're not perfect. We're not going to get it right. But if someone says something to me that don't have that spirit of love, now even correction is love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it, it kind of depends on who it comes from and how much weight you hold in my life. Yeah. But if it's, if it's contrary to love and what I believe God thinks of me, I cannot take it as truth. Yeah, I cannot. I can't let it take it as truth. Words are seeds. Those seeds grow somehow into a loving thought or toxic thought that then produces toxic behaviors and responses. Dr. Caroline Leaf mm. has been teaching. she has been teaching me that for a for two years now. Yeah.
0: And in this world of social media where people feel like they could just spew out whatever and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just say whatever, even more recognizing who you are in Jesus' eyes. And, and, and I love that. And replacing your name with love is so mm. important. Mm. Wow. I, I just feel like so that's going to touch somebody that's watching. Wow. Thank you for that.
1: Not only that, you are love yeah you you are love so don't let anybody tell you that you're not lovable you're not fixable that something's wrong with you that you're some broken piece of whatever yeah you know that you know you're you're lovable and anything that you've gone through can be there can be some healing there yeah you know
0: Lisa, yeah. Lisa Turkers, too. You probably know of. You know. Girl, don't say
1: her name. I'll shout all over my hotel room.
0: <laughs> don't. New York Times bestselling author as well. Yes. She talks about living loved, right? Live loved, walking into a room and knowing and it, that you are loved by God. And I, as you said Come that, on. I was just reminded of that bit of truth Ooh. as well.
1: Oh, so good. I want to write a song about it, that knowing you are loved. Yeah. You might have just inspired me to actually write something today. Oh, please <laughs> do. I will I will down, download it. I will stream it for sure.
0: You know, mm. what I um, found interesting as well in your book, it, it was after an incident with an ex-boyfriend, you call Nathan in the book, that your mother actually said, You need to get some help and you need to go to counseling. Mm -hmm. Tell me Mm -hmm. about, you know, we talked about your perception already of just, you know, growing up in the church and, that you know, this was not something you talked about. You didn't really Mm -hmm. go see a counselor. Mm -hmm. So how important was it for your mother to be able to say, Mm -hmm. girl, you need to go talk to somebody?
1: I was so grateful that she rocked me in her arms. Mm -hmm. So she loved on me a little bit then she made the appointment for me. She drove me to my first session. Hmm. I believe she drove me to my first session. She couldn't go into the room with me I'm trying to figure out if I can, it was so long ago, but you know, it's, it's, it's having, it's having that, but I, I want to encourage people. You might not have somebody that rocks you in their arms and drives you to therapy, but if you can, you go anyway. Yeah. Now she hasn't rocked me since or she hasn't, she hasn't driven me. Since. <laughs> She's like, just go, you know how to get there. But, just go. <laughs> and, and, and so I've been, and, but what happened is when I, when I went, I thought therapy at that time that was between 2008 and 2010, I believe. Mm. And I remember I just thought I therapy, I was just supposed to go and vent, mm. you know, And I would only go when something was wrong versus consistently going to drive stuff out and up and uproot Mm -hmm. some things, some behaviors and responses that I learned along the way that probably weren't so healthy. And so, you know, since my incident and breakdown in 2018, I have not played with it. Mm. It's to the point where. I've had therapy sessions and I literally have nothing to talk about. One day we talked about crawfish <laughs> and I was like, did I just pay you $125 to talk about crawfish? But we were so excited about the growth yeah. that, and I don't have to just, come to you when something is wrong or if if or if I'm in distress, right? So now we've been able to taper and wean off the amount of sessions we're having because I'm not paying you to talk about crawfish. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not. God has been good and I've been doing the work. There's some growth and there's been some great changes to where, you know, when people close to you say, girl, you would have responded differently. Mm, yes. Three or five years ago. Girl, what's naming number your therapist? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so the, b- between that and just getting back on track, because I grew up in church, but it's that consistent building of relationship with God for yourself mm-hmm. daily and speaking the word over your life, affirming yourself daily to build yourself back up because you gotta build you up. Yeah. You got to do it. You got to do the work. Uh, a lot of us don't want to do work. Period, because it looks like overalls and work boots and a work hat. Yeah. It that's not don't look appealing. But you you you've, you you got to plow through.
0: What was it like on page twenty nine? You write these words: I suffer from depression. Period. Real. Mm-hmm. Period. Clinical. Period. Need to be <laughs> mm-hmm. medicated depression what was that like because i I know you had already been talking about this you know in the media good morning america you had already you know communicated this to, to to the world but what was it like writing those words down on paper
1: you know um the more you reveal the more you heal at least for me and to just keep it honest and keep it 100 about the state of mind that I was in um, during the process of writing this book. Some of this stuff was written in the hospital in 2018 wow. in a journal, okay? And so it was, wow, I'm, I'm really in a hospital for depression. That, it doesn't get any more, I just, it wasn't a dream, it was real. Mm. It was, it was real. Mm -hmm. It was real. Um, I think my compassion for people went up by about thousand percent. Mm. If there was a meter, my compassion for people, because there were so many people from all walks of life who you wouldn't pick on the street that said that person's depressed, Mm. that person's depressed. CEOs, a nurse was, a nurse was in there. A 85 year old woman was in there hmm. who was significantly betrayed by a family member and just, just didn't know how to cope. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't see anybody in there that physically looked the part. You might a few people, you, you could see sadness, but you know, there are people walking down the street right now Aggie, that I don't think we would point at them and say, you're depressed. Yeah. Unless you just have some spiritual insight, because maybe you've been there yourself that you can say, um, something in your heart is sad. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we have a stigma,
0: you know, of how we think people should look and act if they're depressed or anxious, um, and yeah, I've I, I've learned, no. and, uh, you know, that yeah, it's it's not there's not a certain type of person that looks a certain mm-hmm. way and acts a certain way. I love the analogy you use of the bruise that you didn't realize your heart mm-hmm. was bruised.
1: Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, first of all, I'm so glad you read the book. <laughs> I loved it. You I know, absolutely loved it. Bruising. Um, Bruises can be quite irritating, 80. and they look—they don't look all that attractive. That blue and red type of thing, and you feel a little ache here and there from it, but you don't know that it hurts until you've hit it again. Mm, Sometimes, yeah. You and you don't know, but I liken healing to. So there's a bruise and then there's a wound. Mm. Um, wounds take time and you got to do what you're supposed to do to heal a wound. You got to, you know, when you get a wound, you got to put ointment on it, bandaid yeah. on it, cleanse it, let it breathe. You know, the scab forms, but it, you might, there. I have a scar from when I fell on my bike as a little girl. I see it, but it doesn't hurt anymore. You know, it, it has to do what it has to do to heal. Yeah, uh, take the time and, and, and let the wound heal. And if it leaves a scar, it's just a reminder, a little thing for you to reflect on and says, wow, I overcame that. It don't hurt anymore. Yeah. It don't have to be a physical wound. It could be a wound where you see an X in the park with their new person. It don't hurt anymore. God bless. You want a wedding gift? I'll come to the wedding. You need a wedding planner? You know, it don't hurt anymore. Yeah. A boss, a boss, um, a coworker, you know, what? whatever. So that when you see that person or that reminder, or my father passed in December. Mm, sorry to hear that's that. That's a wound. Thank you. That is a wound. And my mother's best friend of 46 years, mm. right? So I still have the fall reminds me of him. So about two weeks ago, I just had a moment and I said, I miss my father. And mm-hmm. now some wounds I, I'm like, I don't know if it's never going to hurt again, but maybe not so much. I, i I got to figure that out, but I prayed that it doesn't hurt as intensely, yeah. you know? Um, but most wounds can heal and you feel no pain. The majority can heal and you feel no pain or if you feel a little pain it doesn't send you down in a spiral of depression anymore. Yeah. You just say, you know what? Now when I think of my dad for Father's Day, um his my my dad's birthday is next week, mm-hmm. right? He loved donuts. Mm. <laughs> he loved blue cheese dressing and french dressing mixed so it's trying to find new things that make me smile and crack up or kind of gross and like you like blue cheese and french dressing mixed. but okay i'll 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 do that on a salad for his birthday yeah versus um versus sadness because he didn't want us like he wasn't a sad guy Mm. you know at all
0: we're gonna fast forward a little to When you checked yourself in to the hospital, we all were watching you and Chad fall madly in love on television and journeyed through the engagement and all of that. And all of a sudden, we hear that you've had to check yourself into Mm -hmm. a hospital. TMZ is reporting us you haven't even told your family yet that you've checked in. What Just no. the state of mind as all of this is unraveling, you found this perfect guy, you say in the book, that checked off all of the boxes
1: and yet internally things are crumbling. Mm-hmm. You know, that was July of 2018 oh. and hindsight is 2020. So when I look back at that year, January of 2018 is kind of when those symptoms of depression started kind of getting intense. And I didn't say anything to anybody because I was, I was in this relationship. I was at that time. I was even in rehearsals for Coachella. Mm, Yep. I get engaged in March of 2018. Coachella is April of 2018. But once again, I had a few things to just kind of just keep me pressing through, go girl, press through, but I couldn't press through anymore. And I checked in. I told, I called my therapist. We found a facility for me to go to. And I just thought, well, my first name is Tanitra. I thought if I checked in under that name, no one would know anything. But my face, something gave it away. And somehow TMZ did find out. And um, um, they contacted my PR or management or something at the time. And I was like, I don't want TMZ to tell it first. Mm. Let me, let me put out a statement and let me tell people what I've been telling people since 2013, that if you need help to go get it. So I've been advocating for the awareness of mental health since 2013. And that's where I, that's where I kind of was like, I feel like a hypocrite by even having to release this statement. But once again, shame and shame and wanting to get help cannot be in the same room. Yeah. One of those has to go. And um, when I got out of the hospital, my phone, I just had so many messages of love. Mm. I mean, and the I looked, I was able to, because you can't have your phone or anything in the hospital. in uh, anybody who contacts you, They have to call the hospital, but then you have to have a code to even contact me. So I had I didn't know what the world was saying. I was like, oh, my God, I but I'm so thankful that strangers from around the world, Canada, Mm. y'all sent me messages of encouragement. You sent me messages of saying because of you. I can go get help. I don't have to be ashamed. And so, I was like, God, if if I'm a vessel for this, I don't want to go through it again. Yeah. But, you know, if it's if it's if it's going to save a life or a million lives, thank you Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. I love what yeah. you said on page 98. Anxiety has no relationship with truth. Anxiety is nothing more than our fears magnified. I wanna talk about forgiveness as we wrap up this interview, Michelle. You talk a lot about forgiveness, forgiveness of others, but talk about forgiveness of yourself. Because again, I'm thinking Mm. of those who are watching who maybe just need to say, internally look within and say, I need to just forgive myself. I need to let go of mistakes. I need to let go of the past. I need to hold on to my faith in Jesus. How hard is that, but how important is that in the journey to healing?
1: When you're holding on to things of your past, when you're holding on to things of your past, I don't know how you can really grab hold of your future. Yeah. Not only your past, but how are you living in your present? So Mm. you got past, present, future. You're bringing old experiences into new day every day is a new day every day letting go of hurt whether it's hurt that you inflicted or hurt that was inflicted on you letting go of that doesn't excuse doesn't doesn't say it wasn't wrong it's just releasing it and saying i'm sorry yeah if you were the inflictor or the forgiver that says There are some people who feel like so much hurt was inflicted on them in a major tragic way. I can't tell you what to do, but I think some weights can be released by saying, I no longer hold you prisoner of this. I don't even know if you're holding them prisoner. The reason why I say that is because they've gone on with their lives. Whoever hurt you, they moved on. Mm -hmm. Some of them are married, got kids. Mm -hmm. They moved to another country. They probably don't even know they hurt you. And you're a prisoner of something that happened 20 years ago. No, you deserve to let it go. Now, it's not that easy of just letting go. There is a process Mm -hmm. because you want to be able to think of that person or that thing Without it triggering you mm-hmm. and making you angry or sad, you want to be able. That that's a process. That is a process that that's gonna that takes some counseling, you know, and it takes you rewiring thoughts. Um, there is a book called The Untethered Soul, mm-hmm. and um, the, there's a person that I also talk about in my book, Checking In, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to drive a particular brand of vehicle. I don't care what state I was in, what country I was in, whenever I would see that car, Mm. my stomach would um, get in knots. Mm. I would get nauseous. Just by seeing, not him, the stinking car he drove. So the book said, Find out something about the car that you liked. Mm. So now every time you see the car, you don't think of him. You think of, and guess what, Maggie? It was a car that I had ordered one day. As I a, never even got it. As a as a result of a, no, it was a car that I had pre-ordered. Oh, I was going to get this okay, car. Okay. I, put it, I put a deposit down on this type of vehicle. Mm. I never got it. I decided to go in another direction, but why did I like it in the first place? Mm. So I had to go back to, girl, you're not going to see that car that you once were about to buy. Now it makes you nauseous. No, why why do you like it? You know what? I like that sometimes some of the seats are the peanut butter leather interior. I like the back of it, how it rounds out. I I think it's quite cute. I I love how it whizzes around and it's fast. Mm. Now when I see it, I'm like, that's a banging vehicle. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, You know, it's fine. It's That's a practice that maybe someone can do at home is finding something good in a situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I'm never going to talk bad about anybody that I dated because it's like, except for one. <laughs> it, from like 12... 15 years ago, I had to count, like, (laughs) he's way back there. But you know what I can say about him? Mm. He's talented. Mm. Great guy. Mm. Versus, you know, raising my blood pressure to think of something mean to say or think of a toxic memory. Like, no, life is showing us that it's short. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this is my last question, Michelle.
0: We uh, And thank you so much for your it's time. It's been a
1: great today. conversation. I can't believe this interview has been this long. I, How do we I've loved this?
0: it. <laughs> I've loved it. What have you learned about God through this journey?
1: Oh, I've learned that God remained the same. Mm. And it's been great getting to know God. Because God has just... The saying, there's a saying that says, the more I get to know God, the more I know myself. Yes. Yeah. We're made in his image. That means I'm a, Lord, don't strike me, but <laughs> I, I'm a bad mamma Gemma Do you know who God <laughs> is? Yeah. What? Whew. There's nothing else you can say about me nothing that there's nothing you can say about me that I haven't heard already but I'm like man so the more I know God the more I know me meaning anything you say remember anything you say contrary to love I cannot take it as truth mm. I'm sorry I'm very animated I feel Dang like that. that's the I love the that. latte drink is <laughs> kind of charging me up a little bit well sorry no. I'm more poised than this I promise y'all <laughs>
0: Well, thank you again, Michelle, for your time today. We have so appreciated. Again, the name of the book is Checking In, How Getting Real About Depression Saved My Life and Can Save Yours. You can get this book wherever books are sold. It has been a pleasure, Michelle, having you Uh, on the show today.
1: It has been awesome. And prayerfully, I come and we do it. Another hour in person somehow. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Um I'll come I'll come check on you, okay?
0: Yes, you need to come to Canada. We need to we need to see you in the studio
1: one day. Thank you again. I pray to be there. Yes, ma'am. We'll see you soon.
0: I'm now joined by Hannah Vanderkoy, our senior producer. Hey Hannah. Hey. So this is our so what segment where we talk about why we chose to delve into this topic of mental illness and mental health. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts? Why did we choose this topic?
2: Yeah, as you said in the intro, one in five Canadians suffer from uh, mental illness. So this is huge, but also it was Michelle Williams. Yeah. So of course... How do you say no to Michelle Williams? Exactly.
0: Yeah, I mean, she. Yeah, she's a big star, but when you get somebody who's mm-hmm. that popular, that's willing to be that candid about their journey... Like, how do you say no to that?
2: Yeah, she's candid in her book, and she was candid in the interview. Just talking about how, for her, depression was clinical, mm-hmm. something that, that started at, at seventh grade, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't go away. Like yeah. friends, family, fame. Yeah. Um, when she when she checked herself into the treatment center, she was recently engaged. Mm-hmm. So you know, relationship. None of that was the magic. Sure. Yeah. And I loved her honesty about that.
0: And isn't that the thing, right? Like, we all have it. Well, I shouldn't say we all. But I at least think that when you get to certain celebrity status, I mean, you have, like, all these people screaming your name. You have, as she said, Barbie dolls, you know, of your likeness. You have the money. All of those things. You're traveling all over the world. And yet, that doesn't bring you happiness. That's not going to solve all of the problems.
2: She was still struggling. Yeah. And actually, it reminds me of a conversation we had on our last show about happiness with Roxanne Francis, who said, you know, there's a place for gratitude, of course, Mm -hmm. but there's also a place to feel all your other feelings. And it's also okay to suffer from mental illness. And just to be honest about that and seek the help that you need, whether it be therapy or, or medication. And I think Michelle really hit that home.
0: And how, um, her faith played a huge role in, in her continuing journey. I mean, I don't think, you know, mental illness doesn't ever really go away. Right. But she talks very, um, strongly about faith and how that plays a role in her life.
2: Yeah, and deepening her relationship with Jesus yeah. sort of reassured her that you are loved. But, she, but that's not to say she also talked about you know, some of the shortcomings of the church where mm-hmm. you're kind of put in a box um, and there's not room for those candid discussions. Yeah.
0: If you want to check out the full interview with myself and Michelle Williams, go to our YouTube channel uh, for that fascinating conversation. Thanks, Hannah. Thanks. Big thank you to our guest, Michelle Williams. You can get her book, Checking In, How Getting Real About Depression Saved My Life and Can Save Yours wherever books are sold. And if you or someone you know is struggling with mental health, know that you are not alone and help is out there. We have included numbers in the episode description where you can connect to trained professionals who can support you in your journey. Context Beyond the Headlines is a production of Crossroads Christian Communications. It is executive produced by Melissa McEachran, produced by Hannah Vanderkoy, edited by Kyle Smistra, and hosted by me, Maggie John.